0: Welcome to another episode of The Warning Woods. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider giving it five stars and writing a review. Reviews help spread the podcast to more listeners. If you want more creepy content, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at the Warning Woods. I'm Miles Thomas Tritle, and this story is called Fishing Tale. Here is how this is going to go. I'm going to tell you a story, and you aren't going to believe it. That's the way of fishing tales, ghost stories, alien encounters, and the like. These are all the kinds of stories that tend to write themselves when the teller is alone. They're the types of stories that, if they are true, could mean we know very little about the wide world around us. Maybe that's why people are so quick to dismiss them. There are two reasons I think people tend to disbelieve the kind of tale I'm about to tell you. I'm getting to it, trust me. I just alluded to the first. We want to think we know all there is to know about the world. What we don't know, we would like to believe someone in a lab coat or a stuffy Harvard office does know. The second issue with believing supernatural encounters is that they always seem to happen to people like me. I'm not ignorant to the way I'm perceived by those who brush against me in life. I'm a weathered and scarred, crusty old seaman, it's true. The type that feels more at home on the water than the land. I rarely come off the boat smelling better than a gutted fish. I seldom have time for a shower before I have to stop by the stores before they close for the night. I try to clean myself up before shuffling into the shanty, the local dive but sometimes I need the bitterness of a dark beer to wash out the taste of salty defeat after a long day of empty nets. Nobody, well, nobody worth mentioning, is apt to trust the dirty, smelly old man at the bar when he starts spinning yarns. I could tell them George Washington was the first president of the United States and they would scoff at me. Sure, old man, they say. So why do I bring all this up? As I mentioned, I am not ignorant about the way people see me. I know how I seem, and, in truth, I also would have trouble trusting someone like me. Well, trust me or don't, here comes a fishing tale. Or maybe it's a ghost story. I guess it could be an alien encounter. Perhaps it's all three. As you may well know, it's been a stormy season out here in North Carolina. The sky has been gray most days. My ears have started filtering out the rolling thunder it's been so constant. The choppy waves that come with such weather don't bother me. In fact, I welcome them. Rough seas keep the amateurs and the fainted heart off the water and leave more room for me. The sky was nearly as black as night. The storm brewing over the water was beginning to make me nervous. My skin had that prickly feeling. The one you get when you find yourself somewhere you're not supposed to be. I could almost smell the coppery electrical charge in the air. Experience told me I didn't have long to get out of the water before it became dangerous. I was passing by an isolated cove that I had never seen another person go into. It's carved under a cliff, and probably impossible to access by land. By sea, it's guarded by a jagged outcropping. I had never ventured too close to the cove because there was no way to tell how large those protruding rocks were under the surface. My little fishing boat is no Titanic it wouldn't take much to send it to the bottom of the ocean, and me along with it. I had passed that cove hundreds of times, and on this particular day, I didn't even look its way at first. As thunder rumbled on one side of my boat, a completely foreign sound met my ear on the other. It was a tone with a haunting musical quality. It had the flutey nature of a young choir boy, but was more complex than any human voice I'd ever heard. The note had distinct overtones. It almost sounded like someone singing an entire chord rather than singing a note. In a moment when the thunder quieted a little, I was able to pinpoint the source of the sound. It was echoing from the cove. I rotated my spotlight in that direction and started searching among the rocks for whoever was singing. Bear in mind I was already quite afraid at this point. Like I said, no one would realistically have been able to access that cove. No one with a desire to live, that is. I've heard plenty of stories about pirate ghosts haunting the Carolina coast, but had never seen any myself. I was afraid that was about to change. I examined the cove for a few minutes and saw no one. My prickly skin was begging me to get back to the shore. But something in that harmonious voice kept me in place. It stirred something deep in my chest. It was a sort of nostalgic longing for something I couldn't quite put my finger on. My spotlight cast eerie shadows against the rock wall opposite the cove. The outcropping seemed to dance in the light as I swung it from side to side. Finally, I saw her. The singer was clinging to one of the pointed rocks. Her head was laying on a wet stone facing away from me. All I could see was one of her slim, pale arms and her long, black hair. It flowed down from her head and covered her neck and back. "'Hello, miss?' I called to her. The wind was picking up quickly so I didn't think she could hear me. There was no boat near her or anything to indicate she had a way out of the cove. The storm had me nervous, but I couldn't leave a helpless person stranded. I maneuvered closer, hoping I could get her attention and toss her a rope so I wouldn't have to risk stranding myself on the outcropping.' Her sweet melody reflecting off the rocks may have been the only thing keeping my hands steady. It provided a necessary calm. Once I was as close as I dared, I tied my life ring to the end of the rope. I warned her of the incoming projectile and tossed the ring in her direction. She didn't turn her head toward me, but when the ring splashed into the choppy water near her, she did let go of the rock. She slid down its rough surface and disappeared among the waves the air felt empty without her song. My hands did start to shake as I waited anxiously for her to reappear and grab the ring. I was poised to pull her in as soon as I saw any sign of her, but she didn't surface. Those ghost stories started filling my head again and I began to question my sanity. Was I seeing things? Was the slender woman a trick of the light? She had been beneath the surface long enough to drown any human. I decided, albeit not willingly, that if she had been there at all I could not rescue her. With a heavy heart, I started dragging the life ring back in. It bumped against the side of the boat and I leaned over the edge to bring it up. As I was leaning over, lightning flashed above and lit up the water around me. I'll never forget what I saw then, no matter how hard I try. I thought it was an oil spill at first. Patches of inky blackness surrounded my vessel. I twisted the spotlight down to the water and quickly determined the spots were not oil. They were hair. In the center of each mass of wavy hair was a mound that bobbed and fell with the rhythm of the waves. I abandoned the spotlight to get the motor going. Every time I looked back, the ring of heads had closed a little tighter around my boat. Over the crashing waves and thunder, I began to hear the haunting melody from before. This time, it came to me with a rich choral sound, the sound of a dozen voices singing in harmony. The song was so powerful it caused me to hesitate with the motor. I wanted to listen. I wanted to hear how it would end. I broke from my stupor when something thumped against the front of the boat. I looked up to see a pale, grey arm stretched over the bow. One of the heads from the water came next, black hair spilling over the bow as the creature pulled itself up. I grabbed an oar and launched myself at the thing. I struck it one blow near the forehead. It snapped back and screeched a painful cry echoed by all of the creatures around me. I heard the thuds and pounding as more of them began to assault the boat. I hit the thing with the broadhead of the oar and finally knocked it away. When I turned to deal with the next one, I saw one of their faces for the first time. It was smooth, almost scaly, and genderless. It had enormous, reflective eyes like a deep-sea fish. Its nose, or lack thereof, also reminded me of a fish's. It was just two small slits between the eyes. There were no lips around its mouth, which was lined with tiny, needle-sharp teeth. The hideous creature had obviously evolved to disguise itself as a beautiful woman to lure in fools like me. The boat started to rock with the uneven weight of all of them trying to climb aboard. I couldn't fight them all off. Even the one I had managed to knock away was already trying to get back inside. All I could think to do was gun ahead full speed and pray that I reached a dock before they could reach me. Lord knows what they would have done if they could have dragged me into the water with them. One of the things was too close to the motor when I started it. The awful gurgling shriek it produced told me it was dead. I looked over my shoulder with morbid curiosity. As the thing clung to the stern with fleeting strength, its severed tail rode the wake behind it. Scales covered its entire surface. It ended in a long fin like a diver's flipper. I couldn't believe it. These things were mermaids. I suppose I should have guessed they were, but I was raised not to believe in folklore and fairy tales. The boat smashed against some violent waves as we sped along. The force knocked a few of the mermaids off the boat, but I was still running out of time. The handful that remained attached had pulled themselves up and were walking along the side of the boat with their hands. They were coming towards me, and I had nowhere to go. We were still minutes away from the dock. Any idiot could tell I wouldn't make it there before I got dragged down below the stormy waters. I grabbed the spotlight again and spun it towards the shore. I would have to make an emergency landing. I marked a spot along the rocky shoreline that would allow me to escape without having to jump in the water with the vicious creatures. It would be a rough landing, I knew, but I decided I'd rather lose my boat than my life. We cruised at full speed toward the land. The boat jumped along the waves and I kept hoping those evil things would lose their grip, but they just kept coming. I could smell them. A putrid stench of decay emanated from them the way the beautiful song had earlier. I slowed only when we were about to strike the rocks. It pained me to hear them scraping along the bottom of the boat. I gunned that motor until the boat would move no more. Grabbing my oar, I charged. I ran across the boat as I swung wildly to keep the things from grabbing me. I heard their tails floundering in the shallow water. After jumping out of the boat onto shore, I looked back. They must have known they had lost, because they had already disappeared into the water. I don't know how far I had to walk back to town. Four miles? Maybe five? About halfway there, the storm came down heavy, and I arrived home drenched and exhausted. My boat is still there, stranded among the rocks. At least, I assume it is. I've decided to take a break from the ocean. Now that I know what's in there, the water doesn't feel like home anymore. Whether you believe me or want to write this off as another old fisherman's tale is up to you. I'm not sure how to convince you one way or the other. Maybe you could come out on the water with me if I ever go back. Maybe you too can hear that haunting song. You can support The Warning Woods by clicking the Anchor Support link in the description, or by becoming a patron at patreon.com thewarningwoods. Of course, the best way to help is by writing a review and following this podcast in Apple Podcasts or subscribing on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for listening.